Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Past players. Past legends. Past legends. Welcome back to uh, Past Players, Past Legends, and today we have a Nord Past Player, Past Legend. Also went on to play at a couple of VFL clubs. Justin Storisky, thanks for joining us, mate. No problems at all, Peter. G'day, Justin, a.k.a. Bart. We'd better get that over and done with straight, straight away, Bart, because I don't think I've ever called you any anything but that. Where did the Bart nickname uh, start from originally, mate? Right. Well, the Bart nickname came care of uh, – well, I had a choice, actually. When I first started at Nord with a surname like Storitsky, they were looking for um, for a shortened version pretty quickly. And uh, I was offered uh, Igor because of Igor Stravinsky, Oh, yeah, and I was yeah. offered Bart because of Bart Starro, who I think played for the Green Bay Packers. So that yes. was my two choices. And so I gravitated pretty quickly to Bart. <laughs> yes, because I, I don't – I think I very rarely are you ever called Justin. So, yes, yes. So, we will we no. will on this occasion for yes. formal reasons, yeah, but you know. it's, ba- it's, it's, <laughs> Bart, right. it's Bart from now on. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I've had, uh, had some decent ones. The other one was – at North Melbourne, I was called Hutch from Starsky and Hutch. So that, that yeah, was, that's true. That, yeah. was the, yeah. that was the other one. So, um, one. but uh, all derivatives of the surname. Okay, uh, Justin. So, junior wise, growing up, you obviously you went to Pembroke and that uh, start. You know, so, school career and starting at Norwood, mate. Yep. Yeah. So uh, basically, you're right. I, I, before that, I, was, I sort of grew up in the country. I suppose Dad was a teacher or a yes. principal at the school. So. Had my time around, you know, growing up, grew up in Snowtown for a while and Port Lincoln and um, was was born in Lucendale and then basically came back to Adelaide when I was about 12. And, that, and you're right, I, I started my schooling at Pembroke um, and played, you know, all my school footy there and was fortunate enough to have some some pretty good coaches back then through, through Pembroke and people like Robert Odie, who obviously is a bit of a legend of SA footy. So, um, and then um, played what was back then the old Sandboy Cup, so I had um, uh, some representative at sort of Norwood in the under-15s and some of those special squads and then moved into the under-17s um, probably in about 1985, I think. Yeah, that's about right. And make it your debut against West Adelaide in round five in 1988. Yep, yep. So that was a, a really special moment because I had a pretty long association from a family connection yes. with, with Norwood. So both my grandparents were, were life members. Um, my uh, my grandfather was a 
sort of a, a delegate league delegate um, on the SNFL and a, and a life member of the SNFL as well. And so, and, and my dad, Alex, had played yeah. um, a handful of games when he was quite young before moving to the country. So uh, there was a really strong sort of uh, Norwood connection there. And it was a club that I'd followed all my life. And I was, I was given a, an opportunity probably um, reasonably early as a 17-year-old to play in that game against Westies. And um, back Back then, uh, you'd remember, Malcolm, that you pretty much sat on the bench unless yes. something went terribly wrong and someone got dragged or someone got injured. And so um, I sat there for, for three quarters and, and then came on at Richmond Oval and, um, yeah, have really fond memories of it. Fair, fair to say that uh, the red and blue runs through the veins, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no I didn't have any choice and um, my kids have got no choice. It's, uh, it's pretty much uh, dictated right from the word go. Now, you, let's do that properly to your grandparents in Glad, Glad and Jack Ma- uh, Mason, hugely respected, not only at Nord, but as he said, in the SNFL. And also your dad, very, very highly respected in the school principal and the schooling environment in general as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank thank you for that, um, Malcolm. Yeah, no, that's right. And and Dad, you know, um, and he was quick to let you know, he was a pretty successful uh, coach at, at, at country level. Um, he coached Lucendale to a couple of premierships. Um, Snowtown certainly did some premierships as well. So um, really good uh, country football. He'll tell you he should have won a male medal, but he missed out by one vote or something like that. But um, no, he was he was pretty handy. Did Did you play any other sports as a, as a kid? Yes, tennis was yeah. the, tennis was a decision. So yes. right, right, yeah, right yeah. up my alley as well. <laughs> no, I did. I did. I played junior tennis. Um, so as a kid, uh, I think you, you know you, you gravitate and you go to you go to Sapsazas and you go to the countries. And then you, if you're lucky enough, you get you know a state Sapsazas. So I played all those sort of things. And then it, I think by the time I was fourteen or fifteen, I sort of had fallen out of love with the game a little bit. Um, I sort of been practicing and and you know competing for a fairly long time and at the end of the day I probably wasn't um, good enough anyhow but um, I sort of moved uh, and and sort of gave it away at 15 and then moved into playing more and more footy. Who who were the top players uh, around in that era tennis wise for South Australia um, yeah that you might have come across? It was in South Australia there was a, a, a guy called Jason Spear who ended up playing a bit of footy for Woodville West Torrens. Yeah, not I a think bad. I was over in over in Melbourne when he. Yeah, he went and played, but um, but certainly in terms of nationally, like, and, and this is the sort of we play them in tournaments and be people like Richard Fromberg and um, Jason Stoltenberg and um, and um, Todd Woodbridge. They're all sort of players that that, that sort of um, that were around at that age. Some fair names there, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a good time, and you know, I was really lucky because I got, I got to go away a lot as a as a kid, and that that. You know, it really forms a lot of um, good experiences at that, that young age to be able to go away and go into state with teams and and play, and it puts you under a bit of pressure at times, and you, you have to grow up a bit. But um, that was it was it was a really good experience. And then the eighty uh, so nine, you had a good year, uh, twenty nine games. You played a fair bit of footy that year with all the Foundation Cup games and finished fourth in the BNF. So a good year then, and you know, obviously played a large part in in uh, North Melbourne picking you in the draft. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was that was my best year, and um, you know, I was still at uni, so you got to sleep in till you know ten, and, um, and so everything was footy. Um, and uh, I was I was pretty fit. I got the opportunity um, at the start of that season. I think I'd finished the year before playing the last final, so I'd 
I'd played um, a few games during the year um, and then got reselected for our last final and and equipped myself reasonably well. And so I think they sort of earmarked me. Macca might have hurt his knee late in the season before. And so they, they'd earmarked me to play um, in the centre. And so Barmy gave me that opportunity, which was which was great as an 18-year-old. And, um, and I, you know, I managed to, to string a few good games together that year. Um, I'd actually been drafted the year before, um, and yeah. um, and I didn't. I, I just mentioned um, I was talking to some people just before, and um, they asked me about that, and I said, back in those days, I didn't even know. I, I rocked up to the club, and someone said, "You've been drafted by North Melbourne," and and so that was what it was like yeah. those days. And and effectively, you know, there was no real intention to go um, straight away. That's for sure. Um, and in fact, clubs took a bit of a risk back then drafting you when you had effectively two years of a contract left because it wasn't a lay down, you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily go straight away over to, to, to Melbourne. And so, and that was never my intention. And in fact, it probably got, you know, it, it, it only really became um, relevant, you know, two years later. So you play 13 games in your first season, uh, 29 in your second, and, and then you're off to Melbourne. Uh, what was it like going to North Melbourne, mate? Yeah, it was really good. I mean, I had one more year after that in the SNFL, so, yeah. but I'd, pretty much played I think the first seven games and played in a city country which was an equivalent because they even played state footy back then oh, there was a they wouldn't the, the Victorians wouldn't play them so they played this um, bit of a novelty city versus country game and in that game I tore my my quadriceps and um, ended up missing my the whole rest of the rest of the year foot with it pretty much so it was a 15 week injury um, because it wasn't I, I didn't manage it very well and my first injury and so it was a really um it wasn't the, the best preparation to go over to melbourne um and i was pretty scarred a little bit um in terms of confidence in the leg um but yeah got over there um thought that north melbourne were going to be really good you know, had some really good young players including people like wayne carey and and glenn archer and all those sort of fellas and um you know in in the end it, it ended up being like that it was a great experience um Many respects, you go over there thinking it's going to be bigger and better. But you know, in a lot of ways, Norwood had better facilities. Yeah. They were, you know, really well coached. We had great coach in Neil Barm at the time, and we had some unbelievable players that you know could have walked into um, a, a lot of um, VFL sides or AFL yeah. sides in the end. Um, you know, Michael Aish, um Keith Thomas had, had already been over there. But um, yeah, it was it was a different, it was certainly a different time going on over there. Were, were you a little bit disappointed that the Crows didn't come knocking? Well, actually, I was fortunate because I, 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 one of the things that happened when the Crows first came in was that they, um, they could have nulled 10, 10 players who were already drafted. And yeah. um, I was over in, in Melbourne um, and I was about to, to sign with North Melbourne. And I, I said to um, Bob Ansett, who was their chairman at the time, uh, look, I, I just wanted to speak to my grandparents. Uh, Malcolm mentioned before I was pretty close to them that I was going to sign. And by the time I got home, there was a message from Bob Hammond to give him a call, and I had no idea about the crows at that stage. But he said, "Look, don't sign anything. We're gonna we're gonna put you on our on our list." And um, and so I sort of held back, and um, I, I weighed them both up. Um, but it, it was 
in, in the end, I'd, I'd been on a couple of trips away with the North Melbourne boys. And like I said, I thought they were going to be good. You know, there was a bit of um, uncertainty still around the Crows, who was going to be coach and a few other things. And in the end, I thought, well, look, I'll, I'll go over and, and um, play a few years over there. And if, if I can come back and I do well, then I might be able to get back to the Crows um, down the track as well. So in the end, that never really um, came to fruition but you know that was the thought process but yeah uh, uh, in some in some respects some days I think geez I wish I'd played for the yeah. Crows in their first year it would have been nice mm. yeah I was wondering then I, I did think of the bit where they were allowed to pick 10, 10 players I was trying to work out where you were at with that and you've explained it I was thinking you're one year out in that way and then I've realised no you would have been eligible right, in that right way, in, the, so. in the mix yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Uh, and then you've ended up at Collingwood, and uh, it would be remiss if we didn't give our your favourite Collingwood supporter and Luke Reynolds a mention. I did let him know that you were going to be on the show tonight. He was quite keen about that, but he's a great man, Luke. He's a he's a ripper. <laughs> he remembers my time at Collingwood. Must have been a, a diehard Collingwood supporter. Oh, he's a but, um, yes. No, no, no. Look, it was a great experience again. You know, like I talked about, perhaps North. You know, in their facilities, and then you go to a club like Collingwood, where it's just a another level and you know the the amount of support you go to a game every week you're sort of 60 60,000 plus um it was a it was a great experience um you know once again it just I was I was disappointed that um you know the I played one game and, and then effectively the week after I got um a shin splints and um a stress fracture in in my um in my foot and you know there then missed the next sort of 10 weeks and that was pretty much it yeah, you didn't have much luck with your injuries overall but no, no, I was a bit of a crock. Um, you know, it wasn't great with soft tissue injuries. And so uh, as soon as they started, that was sort of it. And then, you know, basically I I, I got a few, um, broke a little transverse process in my back and and also did some, um, did some, you know, like I said, before stress fractures. So I was, I was pretty high maintenance, mate. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't very resilient. <laughs> and playing over there on some of the, the, the iconic grounds, did you get to play at... Um at some of the local suburban grounds like Windy Hill and, and Victoria Park yeah. and yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that was, and that was great, you know, like um, to be able to play at Windy Hill and, and Victoria Park was another one. Um, Arden Street wasn't, they'd, they'd pretty much finished up playing there. Yeah. So we didn't, I didn't play any footy there, but, but the MCG and, and Waverley was still around then. Waverley was, you know, like a, a beautiful ground. Um, long uh, drive out there, but it was a beautiful Arctic surface. Park, I, I hear. Arctic I've, Park, I've, yeah. I've seen, I've, I've, seen Nor- I've been at a game where Nord have won at Waverley at, against the Western Bulldogs. It was a great Western night. Bulldogs, that yeah, it would have been the old Footscray back then, I'd yes, say. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, those Foster's Cup games, I mean, Nord were, were quite often getting through to the quarterfinals and those sort of things. and. But um, yeah, no, we, it was a great thrill to be able to play in, like you say, all those older sort of grounds and Western Oval. Um, they, they they were all still operating, and then slowly one by one, um, the, through the wisdom of the AFL. And I suppose in reality, the you know the I didn't get to see the outer and, and, and the, the facilities in the outer, which probably weren't great, particularly for women. So you know that that those days are, uh, are well and truly behind us now. But um, yeah, it was a great experience to be able to play on them. And I tell you the. Some of them were pretty hostile. It wasn't <laughs> when you when you think about Moorabbin and um, mm. running out there, and um, they used to have these these um, these the, the, the races which were just yeah, covered cages, by yeah. wire, and people yeah. would be just standing all over them, and, and um, you know giving you some pretty colourful advice, and, and maybe throwing a few few fluids on you as well. So um, <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty interesting back then. Um, that's for sure. 
How, how would you compare, uh, say, some of those grounds to some of the SNFL grounds, the, the iconic SNFL grounds? Yeah, look, uh, they probably had a little bit more history around them. Um, I, I think, you know, they were certainly equipped for bigger crowds, um, you know, bigger stands, but um, they, um, they won't, you know, they're, they're all pretty similar in terms of dimensions and so forth. Nothing's going to be bigger than Central's Oval out there, but um, yeah, they were, they were great, great experiences. And then you'd sort of, you know, if you played at Victoria Park, you could almost see the club rooms afterwards, and, and the club rooms had elevators in them, and you know, they were, they were big, big operations. And then Bart, to you after the column a bit, you had a few games with the Uni Uni Blues, mate. I did, yes. So I actually, when I first start, started, I um, or finished up, I went out to um, old Melbourneians. Melbourneans. I had a friend who who was out there, and he dragged me out there. Um, and I played maybe a year, but with, with Melbourne, it's one of those places. Particularly if you've grown up in the country over here, and you sort of you you don't like sitting in a car for too long. That if you don't play or live on the same side as your your training venue, that's it can be a bit of an a bit of an arduous task getting to and from training. So um, I only lasted about a year and a half. And then I also got uh, quite a bad kidney disease at the time. And so that, that sort of took me out of footy for a year. And then when I came back, uh, I was living around the corner from Uni Blues and um, just went out there and um, managed to have a few games and um, had a few games with the, the current CEO of the, the yes, AFL. Yes, I was wondering Brooklyn, that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Gil was terrific. So yeah, we we I think we we played in a state team. Although I got injured the week before, so I didn't end up playing it. But we both got picked in it um, for for the amateurs. And um, so uh, yeah, he he uh, he was a good footballer, Gil. Lucky you're not a horse. Dogs finally broke down <laughs> once, but <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Uh, wasn't all that. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't put much money on me. That's for sure. And then you came back to Norwood yeah, in two thousand for a bit. Yep. So had um, so pretty much hadn't played footy for for a few years because I went via London and worked over there for twelve months, and then I came back and I gave. Um, I just sort of thought I arrived back in Australia in January, I think, and <coughs> excuse me, um, gave uh, David Walker a call. I sort of kept myself reasonably fit um, on the way back and. Said, look, mate, do you mind if I come out and 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 have a run around and um, see if I can finish my career where I sort of started? And he was good enough to to let me do that, which was very generous of him. Um, and um, yeah, got once again um, played reasonably well in the twos at the start, and then I I rolled my ankle and missed six or seven weeks, and then and then managed to sort of play the last ten games um, in in the in the league side. So it was that was a great great thrill and great to be back involved with the club. And you. You've, you know, since then you've you've had a bit of coaching with Pembroke and Glenunga as well, on memory. Uh not well, Glenunga only in the only with my lads. lads so, that's um, right. Yeah, goes to the mighty under six, seven, eights, and yeah. nines. I think probably up till a year till they were ten years old, and then I gave them a reprieve. But um, no, I love I love doing that. I love coaching the younger ones. Um, and had a good time at Pembroke as well. Though that was my old school, um, yep. had an opportunity to sort of help out a guy called Chris Mahaffey, who a lot of people would know, yep. um, involved in amateur footy. And then Chris's health wasn't the best, and so I, um, I sort of took over from him uh, just to, as more of a help out. And then um, he did that for a, a, probably a year and a half, and staved off relegation twice. So it wasn't wasn't um, wasn't the best. But you know, look in terms of we, we had a young group coming through and. Um, I certainly enjoyed working with them. They were, they were good lads. 
You've got your photos up in the pavilion at Haslam, and I reckon it's. Uh, I reckon you've knocked Raf Sturk off as. Uh, no, I reckon Raf Sturk's got you knocked off for the worst photo up there, mate. So it's. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's good. It's, it's, it's good. No, it was a great time. I, I really enjoyed my time at, at Pembroke, both in the old scholar sort of area and also as a kid growing up. Did you have any aspira- other aspirations to follow on with your coaching, maybe at a SNFL level or? Um, no, I think what it, what it taught me, I always thought that I'd be a reasonable coach, but when, when you actually go through the process, there's a lot more to it. And it was probably one of those things that just identified that, you know, you know, coaching probably wasn't, wasn't at that level, wasn't, um, necessarily for me. So, um, uh, you know, I'd always, um, like I said, felt like I'd contribute, uh, in a football program, but, um, yeah, no, once I, once I got the bug out of the system, I suppose, and, and now just happy watching others do it. And give us a rundown. So you're now on the board at Nord as, and uh, of the football director. Give us uh, give us a rundown on your roles there, and we'll expand a little bit on the film, etc. After yep, that. yeah. So I've been on the board as the footy director for six years. I sort of took over from Michael Taylor when he finished up. And so, um, look, the role itself is 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 pretty much all encompassing in terms of footy that. You want to make sure that all the programs, whether they be the 13s, 14s, and 15s, have got the right right people involved and and uh, you know teaching the right things and heading in the right direction. So I think you know I'm really really happy with where we're at with with those programs. It's also you know, since I've been there, we've we've had the women's program introduced and we've just appointed uh, a new coach in that, in that respect, a guy called Brad Snell, who's doing a terrific job. So um, yeah, it's 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 all things football. So who's in the roles? You know, what direction are we going to take in terms of um, recruiting um, style? Although you know, when I say that, I'm, I'm certainly not. Um, you know, what I do is just oversee it. I, I, I don't get involved directly in making decisions around players, and that I shouldn't. And that's decisions for for Jade. But it's certainly in terms of the type of players and our, our goal around perhaps getting younger younger players to the club. I, I think that's a, a good direction and, and the athletic profiles of those players is an important decision as well. And, and last year's premiership was a, a shot in the arm that, that Nord uh, needed? Absolutely, yeah, Peter. We, I mean, look, to be perfectly honest, I think it was maybe a year earlier than yeah. certainly I expected. Yeah, um, I, mean. I think, um, I think, we're in great hands. So we've got a, a super coach in, in Jade Rawlings. He um, he's brought in a really um, what I'd call a final style of footy. So a really contested style of footy, and um, just the way that he's built relationships, not just with the players, but throughout the club, and building a really strong culture. So um, so yeah. In, in summary, I think you know it was maybe a year before, but we'll certainly take it. Um, it was a it was a great experience to go through, and we've got a, a good young list that I think will be better. Not just for having another year under to, under Twig, but also because we've I think we've recruited well again. We've picked up um, Jackson Callow and Jack Saunders and and uh, Matt Fling and amongst some others, um, you know, including a couple more Tassie boys. Yeah. So I think we've recruited really well. But you know, having said that, I think that the competition is a sensational co- competition, and I think you know, um, Malcolm, you will attest to that. It, it's a, it's a it's a terrific competition that gets better year on year and um, I think Glenelg and North and Sturt and, and all those other clubs will be around the mark again I'm, south and you know they, there's not an easy game in, in the SNFL well, I, I was with that. Andrew Capel uh, a couple of weeks ago and he said come on let's do our final five and that and I'll be honest we were humming both of us had only West Adelaide as 
probably is the outsiders mm-hmm. in that way. And they did beat us last. And you know they can't. They were reasonable yeah. towards the end of last year. So you know, yeah. I, I think there yeah. is a fair bit of depth there. Now, in- absolutely, and, and you know, just on that, Malcolm, you, one of the things that we've got to be really, really cognizant of is that we we won or we played in what was it, I think seven seven games or maybe even eight games that were decided by less than seven points. Yeah, you know, of, of which we won five. Now, if you you know, if we'd lost another two of those, we we don't get a double chance. Yes. And, um, so, you know, it, it's a really we've we've really got to be mindful that um, you know we certainly didn't dominate the competition. We we played really good footy and we we won the games that we needed to win when we when we did it. And and, and we, we we're certainly a developing group, but um, yeah, the the competition and and just for that, you know, Woodville. Um, West Irons will be, you know, they'll Probably be far better, better again yeah. next year, and they've been strong for for a long time. So, um, yeah, look, it's 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 going to be a, a really good season again of of sample footy. And you've launched your movie career this week, Bart. Too uh, uh, the movie Fortis. Um, go through that experience, Bart, a little bit there with what, and then I'll I'll give you my couple of highlights. Your view. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your critique, but um, look, I. It was the brainchild of, of James Fantasia, who, um, you know, Fan is just such a great person for the Norwood Footy Club. He lives and breathes it. Um, he's he supported the club all his life. Um, um, and, you know, him alongside Paul Diulio, who I think is the best president going around, um, the amount of work that they do for the footy club is incredible. So I just thought I'd sort of add that before I get onto the documentary. But it, as I said, it was his, his brainchild. He um, came up with the idea of the, the week of, of the um, of the grand final, basically getting a young lad in called Miles um, McEwen, whose whose father James is on the board with me, um, and he's a very talented young man. And he basically just um, followed us around, and we have a regular catch up. Myself, Paul, James, uh, Twig, um, and um, last year um, the footy director, oh sorry, football, football manager um, Rob Harding. And so we do that. And Mark every Robinson. Yeah, every Monday we, we catch up. And so he was there the first time when, when we caught up on Monday and then stayed throughout the whole week and got got access on grand final day to do everything. And, um, you know, as a result, he's put this documentary together, which, um, you know, everyone was saying it was it was, it was going to be good, but I was really, really surprised at just how good it was. I thought it was, was an excellent production. Except look- for my bits. That, that was the, that was no, the no, downside. No. Um, I'm, unfortunately, I've just got to give you the news. You've missed out the Academy Award. I think the Wolf Blast has got that sewn up well and truly. Well, he was never going to beat him. I was never going to beat him. He was um, he was outstanding. He was outstanding. Look, my highlights out of it was I think it showed the genuine care, passion and empathy Twig's got. You can see why he's so well respected by the group and why there's such been a buy-in into the system where we weren't the best side and still managed you know, to win the premiership. And I think that really came through pretty strongly. And I was also, I was really glad that Twig made the point that Matty Panos, he re, he mentioned about our culture with Richmond. And he also mentioned that Matty Panos is as good as any player he has been involved with in coaching and dealing with. And mm. for those of us around the traps who are just stunned that Matthew Panos hasn't been on AFL list since Bass basically told Port to in 2014 that he mm. is the best player in the in the comp. And yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that bit. Look, I love just Wolf Bass's passion. Let's let's be honest. Mm. That was that was the highlight. It was, it was funny, but it was 
it was genuine. It was yeah, quite like Paul was doing very well not to uh, to yeah. Mordiello next to him to keep a straight face. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, they were my highlights out of it. You know, I didn't think it was quite as in a circle as you know, as as I said, and, you, and it can't be. Um, yeah. But yeah, for mine, they were my highlights. Yeah, look, I think your reflection on Matty Panos and, for that matter, Jade, you know, showing his vulnerabilities and I yeah. think that's a, you know, a fantastic thing and you can see why his playing group gravitate to him and, um, you know, so articulate as well. And, um, you know, so I think that that's definitely a takeaway. And as you say, um, the great man, Wolf Blass, uh, incredible um, benefactor to the club and what he's been able to do, which is, you know, can't be underestimated the way what, what he's provided um, back to not only our supporters, but, our, you know, our, our players, our, our club, our administration, everything, just in terms of the facility um, and, and having someone of his profile um, being so enthused about being an award supporter. Um, you know, he, he, he openly admits that, you know, this is his club and, you know, he wants yeah. to support Norwood um, rather than, you know, potentially AFL and, and so forth. So that, that's a that's such an amazing thing for him to do for us and, um, you know, we'll be forever grateful. And, and your reflection on Matty Panos is absolutely 100% right. You know, it's a, it's amazing that he's not on an AFL list or, you know, didn't play um, or get more AFL opportunities because, you know, he's a, he's a complete professional in everything he does. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, the way that he's brought himself back, um, you'd remember the game that his first game back. Yep. Um, you know, I, I joke and to him, can I, can yep. I have sort of four goals and 20 possessions? And he's probably, well, he certainly gave me the four goals and he and he probably had more than 20 possessions. But, yep. um, you know, he, he um, you know, that that's a reflection on how well he prepares and, and just his talent. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a special player and um, special leader at our club. And it was no kick show. It wasn't a coincidence that we won eight out of the nine games Matt played last year. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because a lot of those games just take a little bit of poise at times, someone to, to finish and, you know, kick a goal when, when we needed a goal kicked. And, um, you know, that's really important. And, I, you know, like I, everyone talks about the goal, but, you know, Matt would be the first one to say, you know, what about Jack, Jacob Kennelly's block? And oh, I think that's the really yeah. important thing that from a club that we've continued to focus on those things. And internally, you know, that's that's been given just as much um, kudos as, as, as Matty's, Matty's goal, um, you know, maybe not externally, but certainly internally, that those are the things that that are, are what we call fortisacks. You know, oh, they're, they're just so important. Very much so. And look, Nunny being injured last year and Jacob Kennelly stepped up and mm. look, those of us around knew that after Luke Valenti, we'd heard Luke Valenti, he's you know, brilliant and he's the best leader I've been involved with as a junior, heavy involvement with him. But then uh, Jacob following up him at Ross Trevor and there'd been really good feedback about him as a leader. And then he just stood up and he was really the football leader. And he consistently did things like the blocks blocks like that. It was really, you know, there was one one game afterwards and I said, geez, that's a good block for Javo. And he said, geez, you do watch, Malcolm. And, yeah. you know, yeah. stuff like that, which the average person might miss. And it, because we've all watched uh, the King's goal, I think I'm up to about 8,576,332. <laughs> um, we've all watched it so many times, you, you really notice that. But that's Jacob all over. No. Yeah, no, it's a really good observation, and um, he is—he's a—he's a, he's a guy that leads on the field, you know, as well as anyone. And you know, along with 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 Matty Nunn, who's you know a great leader, and um, so we're, we're you know where where we were sort of you know 
I mean, hiring probably three years ago, where's our crop of good leaders going to come from? Well, you know, it's it's amazing when you give them the opportunity, how much they can flourish. And now, you know, along with Jack Hurd and, and Harry Boyd and Declan Hamilton and all those sort of guys, we're really developing some strong leaders. And you need you need that because they're the ones that, that win you those games when you when you, you need them to win them and, and when they're close as well. So, um, no, I think it's, um, it's a really good observation on your part. So you made mention that uh, obviously Jade Rawlins is the uh, or Twig is the the man to steer these guys. Were you involved in getting him to the parade? Well, yeah, I can <laughs> I can put my hand on that. Yes, I was. Yes. So uh, yes. you know, we went so six years ago. So on the roll. So um, and probably what was it now? Jade's in his his third year. So um, yeah, we we parted ways with Jared Cotton. Um, what was it? three years ago um, and so as a result of that we, we went to market and fortunate enough to have someone of Jade's quality um, come up um, you know there was a lot of um, logistics that still needed to go through to, to, to get him over the line but yeah we, we were we were pretty um, pretty keen to get him and so pleased that we, we ended up being able to do that so yeah we're very lucky to have him. Let's not uh, miss what Jade's done himself with his family still being back in Tasmania it's been quite extraordinary really um, yeah. He actually lived with yeah. Stephen Marshall for a while, so as well. So. Yeah, massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, been, he's been exactly right. He's been when he came over, well, I think you know it was a, it's a good little story behind it. You yes. know, because I think um, Paul got got Stephen to give him a call while he was still premier, and um, and and welcome him into the club. Um, and at the same time, he said, "Oh, where are you staying?" And Twig said, "Oh, well, I haven't got anywhere to stay. I'm still trying to work it all out." And uh, and the the premier of the time sort of offered his place for a week, and so uh, and funnily enough, I think it was just when all the the lockdown started yeah. as well. So so Twig was sort of in the in the war room as all the the information's coming through and so forth. And um, yeah, look, it was very very generous of <laughs> of Stephen to offer that. But um, you're right. I mean, it wasn't easy, and it hasn't been easy for for Twig. But he's such a pro. Um, you know, he, he's developed really strong relationships. Um, you know, with all with all the people at Norwood, and um, um, but um, fortunately this year he's he's brought um, Sally and the, the the kids Ed and Macy and and Millie all over. So um, so yeah, he's he's far more settled um, now and um, looks forward to sort of those kids are all off to school and all pretty, being pretty settled, which is great. And he really hammers how you know it's he's really Norwood Football Club. He's he's here. The longer I think, if he actually got offered an AFL coaching job, he would knock it back. That's that's um, he's really bought into the Nord Football Club. Yeah, right from the word go. You know, like he he, um, he he's a self-confessed football nuffy, so yep. a bit bit like you and me, yes. Malcolm, and, yes. and potentially probably you, Peter. I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, you know, like he 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 knew of Nord and its history, and um, you know, can remember watching. Um, you know, back in the old days, Malcolm, when they would probably would have televised the grand finals in yep. in Tasmania as a kid, um, growing up and watching them. So he he knows all about every every club throughout Australia, whether it's you know in Western Australia or or Northern Territory, just because he loves footy, loves watching footy, loves analysing footy, and and you know that's that's why he's so good at what he does. I think I think uh, my observations of Twig is a bit like Bass. You know, they they live and breathe the the Nord Footy Club, and and it's part of that new age coaching that uh, it is all about the members, and they want to get involved, get them involved as much as possible, and 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 make it about them as well. Absolutely, it's about building relationships. Is that like the number one key thing? And that's that's what he talked about when he 
first got interviewed and that's the way he's he's basically lived and, and breathed since he's got over here. It's about building relationships and um and um you know developing a, a culture that you know he can be proud of and I think it's probably a reflection on you know what what these guys get exposed to at, at AFL. You can't you know Jade was in the in the AFL system for for a long, long time, and um, you know would have been exposed to so many different things and so many you know great people as well. And um, you know he's brought a lot of that stuff. Um, what he, what he can implement because they're not full time players, but he he's certainly been able to implement a really strong program in in a, you know a relatively short period of time in two years. Yeah, I think he also likes being out of the AFL out of the AFL rat race to some. Uh, thing and you know yeah, you're, not, you're not you're not just a person yeah. you're actually he, yeah, he, he um you know communicates with everybody and you, you're actually and that's where i prefer snfl you know you, you're actually a member at nord and there's there's connections there where you're not member number one four seven eight seven six three like you are an afl go but that's that's me i admit that yeah look i think i think that's a pretty fair observation as well i think you know he's a, he's a Tassie boy originally, so you know, living in Adelaide's, it, it's 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 not as busy, obviously, as Melbourne, but it's a it's a little bit busier than Devonport, and um, you know, he he can get his his parents over regularly, yeah. and so hopefully, you know, that that's the plan. I, I my my dream is that he you know he loves Adelaide, and Sally loves Adelaide, and, and they're they're very settled, and um and and they, you know, it's certainly a good start from from you know from winning the premiership last season, so. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing about that is that you know, I think he's a he's a senior coach as well. That's you know that's that's his passion. He wants yeah. wants his own side, and that's why he's yeah. been so good because he's been able to mould the whole program and um and he gets involved with the under sixteen program. He gets involved in the 18s. He wants to be involved in 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 critiquing everything about our footy program, which is invaluable, and that's what you want from your senior coach as well. Definitely. Well, it sounds like all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together, hopefully this year, for a successful back-to-back assault. We, we certainly hope so, Peter. We Fingers crossed we could do with another another premiership down at uh, at the parade. So we, we're, we're hopeful. We're, we're sort of working hard and um, we've got some good pieces in place. Um, and, um, yeah, we, we, we think we're, we're headed in the right direction. And when you brought Jack Hurd up uh, earlier, you knew that he was very well coached in Sapsaza for East Adelaide as well, uh, Bart. So, yes, yes. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Jack Hurd. I had him for a couple of... I actually originally had Jack Hurd when he was in grade two uh, for Auskick, and that's where the whole Rewalt bit came from with his blonde hair. And right. that's where he'd wear the St Kilda number 12 Guernsey. So that's where the, the Rewalt bit ca- back, uh, actually comes from, right back from grade two. So, right, yes, yes. right. Yeah. You, you you identified talent at an early age, Malcolm. Uh, yeah, I, I still rec- I still really rate his brother Finn. I I'm not giving yeah. up on Finn yet. No, 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 no one is. I think yeah, like, and Finn's a little bit bigger bodied, so that just take a little bit of extra yeah, time. But he's hopefully. still young, and he's he just needs a, a bit of continuity, a bit of bit of luck with his injuries, and um, and a bit of confidence. But he he started to play some good footy towards the back end of of last year as well. So um. You know, he, he's going to be good, Finn. Yeah. All right, mate. Greatly appreciated, yeah, uh, thanks, Bart. mate, for that. Uh, no yes, worries and, at all. Uh, I'm sure you'll still be waiting by the phone for the uh, for the phone call from the Academy Directors as well, Bart. <laughs> <laughs>
thank you, Malcolm. I appreciate your support on that, mate. But uh, I I won't be waiting on the phone. One last bit with Bartlett. Remember, too, so with Justin, when the um, AFL women's games first came and we've got got the game at Nord Oval, and I've I've turned around, sitting with Justin in the stand, I've turned around to Justin and gone, now, if I'd said to you five years ago that the next time Nord Oval will be packed is women's football or... Local cricket is getting forty five, fifty thousand crowds at at Adelaide Oval. Which one would you have considered the more bizarre statement? And Bart's gone. <laughs> it's a bloody good point, Malcolm. I'm not really sure on that yeah. one. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, no. It's certainly. Um. It's certainly. And and look, mate, you went to that game on Friday night. I thought it was the best game of women's yes, footy so I. I've seen in at SNFLW level. It was. Um. It was outstanding. So, um. Yeah, look, and I think we've got a really good coach in, in that area as well with Brad Snell. So um, I think they're, they're, they're headed in the right yeah, direction. Good but numbers at the, a, at the game too. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was a beautiful night. It was a great, great contest. A little bit of aggression from both the teams, which is which is yeah. nice to see as well. And um, yeah, I thought the quality of footy, you can just start to see, you know, their hands are getting better. Um, yes. You know, some of the overhead marking was terrific. And um, yeah, we, we're, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a great spectacle. Great spectacle. I thought that was a significant improvement. It yeah. Really did. Yeah, no, it was, it was outstanding. So um, Ho- hopefully yeah, that game's the ben- benchmark for the uh, remainder of the season. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. Yeah, I think um, if we can get more games like that, I just think um, more and more people will come. And um, yeah, it's a good night down at Nord Oval. And, Having a having a Coopers and watching any footy. Well, so sounds like a plan. I think our bar trade was pretty reasonable on the night too. It was probably better than oh, a lot of league games because of the weather. So yeah, yeah a- a- absolutely. Yep, yep. No, so if we can do get a couple of thirty plus days on when the gather round happens, then that'll be perfect. Yeah. Well, mate, the, thank the you very. Bar will be sitting over. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Thank you very much for uh, letting us in a little bit on your career earlier on, but obviously your role as the uh, Nord Football Director and uh, what's going on down at the parade at the moment. Um, I will definitely be there this year supporting the Mighty Redlegs, and I know my co-host here, Malcolm, he'll drag me along if I'm not. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that'd be good. I'll introduce you. I'd like yeah. to be nice to say definitely hello. Will, uh, obviously, absolutely. I'll see you, Malcolm, and yes. yeah, I'll, I'll say hello to you, Peter, when you come up. Absolutely, but, uh, mate. Thanks for the chat. You're thanks. welcome, mate. Thanks, Bart. No okay, take care. Thanks, mate. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. 